Peace, peace. We are back once again. I'm your host, Shem L. Episode of Masterminds with Brother L. This is the first one nineteen. So let a good year in terms of um what's been, give me one moment and uh let me hold on this uh, so just want to let it be known basically in essence that um you know I want to thank everybody for their support their continued support uh with this so what we're going to do this time is something new, but as always, I try to do something something a little different. Um, so let me just go ahead and lay down what the program is for tonight. On this episode of Masterminds of Brother Shamel, we will be discussing about the recent talks in the conscious community about Satan, Lucifer, Baphomet, etc. Uh, about that as a recent. So we're going to go into that. We will be reading excerpts of the book, What Is the Devil Sometimes Called? That's a book that I put out myself some years ago, as well as speaking on topics such as, is Satan a spook? Who is Lucifer? Why do people fear the devil? Is, quote unquote, the white man the devil? How can you identify the devil? Does the devil really exist? And much, much more. So... I wanted to get into basically, well, before I even go into that as to what prompted this particular episode, um, I wanted to just say real quick that what we'll be doing is something a little different. I'm going to be doing more of this because what happened was I was doing a lot of uh, episodes and we'll still continue to do episodes where I invite a guest to come through and they will basically um, demonstrate on their book, speak about their book um, and just give some insight to them. And, and I like those shows. Um, it offers you an insight to some of the great um, Moorish authors, um, scholars, adepts, ETC, and that's really needed. Um, I think that there's not enough of that. So we will still continue to do that. However, um, it's been asked of me because I'm an author myself. I've put out some material, put out um, about four different books on more science to date. And people were asking me, well, you know, what about your book? You know, you're not some of the, uh, I've born on the show have made note of that. So I wanted to go into do some shows where I get to speak on my works, um, touch on my works, but also touch on a lot of the information that I like to study on um, in reference to more science. More science is so vast and it covers so many different dynamics. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing because that leaves room for everybody to really go in and those who, have the ability to teach, to teach this information to the people. 
So without further ado, what I'm going to do, and also, by the way, um, um, peace and greetings to everyone on the chat. And on the top of the chat, um, you will see, the, of course, the link to my book, uh, What Is the Devil Sometimes Called? And I'll be shooting some other links as well um, to some we will be discussing as well. So I want to first go in and speak about the concept of the devil, because uh, one of the things that's very interesting is this fact, this particular fact here, um, that of uh, um, or recently there's been a lot of talk about, you know, community spirituality, you know who has been responsible for talk about Baphomet, you know, is it, is it good? Is it bad? Et cetera, et cetera. Not even to get into that debate more or less, but more so to explain in terms of more science, how we address those issues. The concept of God and devil is more than just confined to the religious world. And you're going to see when I explain this, how this God and devil concept is applied in various facets of our life to how we think, because it really deals with the principle of polarity. Anyone who knows about the principle of polarity has spoken in the Kabbalion uh, will know exactly what I'm talking about. Always get to do, you know, black and white, up or down, true or false, um, good and evil. God, devil, ETC. So with that, I'm going to go and read an excerpt. I'll be reading a few excerpts, but this is um, early in my book, What is the Devil Sometimes Called, where it actually speaks about the concept of the word devil. Okay. So it says here on page seven, most people you encounter who even say the word devil use it from a biblical perspective. This means that they acquired their concept of the devil from the Bible, either directly or indirectly. Currently, that's used is the devil is a lie. At the time I wrote it, that was a common phrase. I don't know about now. But anyway, the commonly used to assert that someone cannot be trusted has become popular through various songs and movies. The phrase itself originates from the book of John, chapter 8, verse 44, which states, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he, the devil, is a liar and the father of it. Now, within the Old Testament of the Bible, where the religion of Judaism has his doctrine founded on, there is no overt concept of the devil to the, where you'll see where it speaks of devils, but not the devil. And while Christians commonly refer to the serpent, which is mentioned in the third chapter of Genesis as the devil, the word devil is never used in that chapter, nor is it directly inferred. In fact, the Hebrew word that was translated into the word serpent 
is actually the word nakash, and it literally means whisperer and comes from the Hebrew root, meaning to whisper or hiss, right? Now, the important thing to know about whispering is that it is an act of human intelligence. Animals can't whisper. Whispering is commonly used when one wants to employ the power. And I'm going to touch on the power suggestion very soon. But I want to touch on that fact about what we're talking about, the concept of the devil. Now, this is very interesting. I said it comes from a biblical perspective, meaning a lot of people, even in the conscious community, when they speak of the devil, and even when they say the white man is the devil, or the Illuminati is the devil, or this devil, right? Which now has been replaced with other words such as agent, dirty moor, coon, um, bed wench, um, a whole bunch of other words, right? Which are really just substitutes, right? That concept comes from the Bible, but in a deeper sense, it comes from a European Christianized concept, meaning that even when you look at the Old Testament, the words that is used is but is plural. And when you go into the Hebrew concept of it, um, you'll find that it's not dealing with the same concept of the devil as is promoted in the church. The concept of the devil that's promoted in the church is this one um, super evil being that is responsible for all the evil in the world. Now, in particular, you'll find four different places in the Bible itself, in the Old Testament, where the word devils is used. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 7, Deuteronomy 32, verse 17, 2 Corinthians eleven fifteen, and Psalms 106, verse 37. Now, here's the thing about that. If you go into the Hebrew of those words, you'll find that those words are easily replaced with other words. There's two words that are used. One is the Hebrew word shade, which actually can mean demon, right? And the other word is sawir, which means goat. So, for example, in the in the second Chronicles, chapter eleven, verse fifteen, you'll see where it speaks about. Um, and I'll read just to give you a context of what I'm speaking of, right? And then I'm going to go into the Moorish Holy Quran and see what it says, because the question is asked, what does the devil sometimes call the lower self? So we're going to go into that. But it speaks about, um, in verse 14, it says, the Levites left their suburbs and their possession and came to Judah and Jerusalem for Jeroboam and his sons had cast them off 
from executing the priest's office unto the Lord, and he ordained him priest and for high places, for the devils and for the calves of which he made. The word there is used, sawir. Now, sawir is goat. So it was actually speaking about goats that the priests were using it for. That ties into Azazel. Azazel, for some who may know, is also a, something symbolized, the, the archangel symbolized by the goat that was actually mentioned in the book of Enoch as one of the watchers or the fallen angels, right? You can actually find that in the records pertaining to um, six, I believe, the, the book of the watchers for those who have the book of Enoch. And I speak about the book of Enoch in my book, uh, Who is Elohim, right? So these were angels, right? And we asked the question in the Morris questionnaire, what is an angel? An angel is a thought of a law manifested in human flesh. So that entails this. These angels who were of a high rank in human flesh fell into a lower into a lower state. That's in the book of Enoch. It speaks about the 200 fallen angels. In the first chapter of the Moorish Holy Quran, it speaks about the creation and fall of man. And the fall of man comes in where man gratifies his lower self. So all this comes into play, right? When you even speak about what these concepts devil is. I want to go into the actual aspect of the lower self because when you all study this on down where it says there are two cells the higher self and lower self the higher self is human spirit clothed with soul made in the form of Allah. The lower self, the carnal self, the body of desires is a reflection of higher self distorted by the murky ethers of the flesh. Now, that very statement is going to be important when, when I speak about this. And what I'm going to do also later on is if there's anyone, I see my chat on the line, definitely... Um, Islam, everyone out there, um, Sister Lenore L, Irina White Bay, Anessa L, Lakima Ada Bay, um, Charles Drew Faulkner L, Islam to everyone out there. When we're going to speak on this, um, if there's anyone who wants to actually converse and be heard on the, on the chat, on the Google Hangouts, um, let me know and I'll shoot you a link so we can go ahead and dial as well. Um, and if anybody wants to add on, they can do that. But this right here speaks on the actual, actual dealing of the, the body of desires. 
And then in verse eight, it says the lower self is an illusion and will pass away. The higher self is a law of man and will not pass away. So what does this all mean? All this stuff that it means, it means as follows, right? The very concept that you deal with in terms of devilishment, um, doing acts of evil, all stems from a weakness that you have within your physical self, right? Remember, man is not the body nor the soul. He's a spirit. So if you are in a fallen state of humanity, right? And we have to uplift fallen humanity. That was the purpose for the Moorish Science Temple of America, right? That's what's taught to us by Noble Jirali, to uplift fallen humanity. Humanity, you're at the fallen state. You're at the third stage, the third dimension, plane of manifest, right? Solid, liquid, gas, or gas from gas to solid, where your vibration is slowed down into something that is no longer its original state, right? Being here, you're trapped. You're confined by time. You're confined by space. And this is a plane that is governed by desires. Everything around you pertains You two given to you, right? Indeed. Peace, born el Allah. And that's what we're dealing with. So how do you how do you transcend that? Because any thought that you have that deals with satisfying your lower self has to be a thought of the devil. Because if the ultimate goal for you is to be one with Allah the Allah in you, the higher self than anything else is that which pulls you to the opposite away from It's the distraction. Okay. Let's use what goes on right now or what we're seeing the trending topic of scandal dealing with your, what used to be a lot of people's favorite celebrity. Right. And I won't even use the name because a few months ago, it was somebody else that was the celebrity that was part of a scandal and trust and know that a few months later or later on this year, there's going to be a new scandal <laughs> with a new celebrity, right? All of this distraction, but let's deal with the aspect of the God and devil concept in here, right? Not justifying any evil act. I'm just dealing with the aspect of how we as people participate in a conversation or participate in something, whatever's put before you. If something's put on TV, right, and it's a documentary exposing something, everybody, it starts trending. Everybody has something to say about it. If somebody puts out a controversial song or a video, Give it a good week. Everybody's going to be talking about the video, trying to break it down. Is it Illuminati? You know, whatever it is, right? 
if it's a movie, we'll go there. We'll, we'll, whatever it is, we'll start taking sides and positions and my views on such and such thing. But it keeps going on and on. So let's take the, the example of what you see right now, right? Whatever you, what you're seeing right now is an aspect where you're looked at or you're called in to be a judge. It's like watching um, a particular show, right? And you're a judge on the show. And in that judge, you're seeing people here. Um, this person here is doing this. What do you think about it? Right? Are they good? Are they bad? Were they right? Were they wrong? And then you cast a judgment. Oh, that person is evil. That person is a monster. Or you go the other way. Oh, no, that person caught a bad deal. That person has, you know, had a bad life. They were set up, right? It's either the God or it's the devil. <laughs> Any way you look at it. Um, so to answer the question, I see, I think the question I see here, are we predestined? Does this mean that are we predestined since we are in a lower state? Predestined me means um destined to a certainty beforehand. There is something called creative fate. And let's let's address it from the standpoint of more science. Going into the first chapter of the more Holy Quran, Circle Seven, deals with the creation of fallen man, right? And of course, we know that begins with time never was when man was not. At a certain point in there, it speaks about creative fate within the first paragraph, right? It says, creative fate, creative fate gave to man, to spirit man, a soul that he might function on the plane of soul, gave him a body of flesh that he might function on the planes a plane of things made manifest, right? So creative fate, what does that really mean? Fate, what is fate? We have to define that, which I also went into in the Who is Elohim. What is fate? Well, fate could be looked at as destiny, right? So that creative destiny, that which actually was meant to happen at a certain time or at a certain place, certain place in time, right? And it says that creative fate gave to the spirit man a soul that he might function on the plane of soul. So um, the Arabic word is used as kata, right? is the idea of divine destiny, right? So, and there's the actual um, surah, right, called, in de that deals with Leilatul Qadr, right? Or the night of, the night of fate, or the night of power, which they say was the night that Muhammad received the Quran. But the whole point of it is that when you're dealing with something um, that decrees fate, right? Even in the, a lot of these different religious texts or spiritual texts, 
speaks about fate, like the Enuma Elish, right? Um, also known as the seven tablets of creation. And it speaks of seven gods who decree fate. So if you are, I've always said this, or I've said this many times. If, if you are at a state where you are coming into awakening of who you are, right? Then there must be a reason why you're awakening, meaning you had to, it had to work out for you to awaken. It had to have meant to, to be because while you're going through this elevation of consciousness, there are people who are still dumb, deaf, and blind, right? They still um, geeked up, um, high, out of their mind. They, they talk, they, they mumble rap, they do all this, right? And you're in, a, you're in a state where you're like, you question. You question. So that, is, that shows that there is something that's meant to be. If for no other reason that you are to manifest your divine purpose. And I've already said that. I've always said that. I've said that many times. And that, was, that is what chapter one actually speaks about. Right? It speaks about the fact that there is no uh, failure for the human soul, right? And that how you will, at one, you will eventually get to the point where you'll be one with Allah, right? Because man and Allah are one. You'll get back to that state that you're supposed to be. Man will regain his lost estate, his heritage, but he must do it in a conflict that cannot be told in words. Yeah, he must suffer trials and tribulations manifold, right? So you have to go through this. Now, here's the thing. In your level of consciousness, or as you raise yourself up in vibration and consciousness, the people who are around you, who you consider sleep, you know, the term now is woke. I'm I'm woke. Some people say they woke-ish, but you say that you're woke or you're conscious the people around you who are not as conscious will look at you as what? The devil. They will call you the devil. And I'm sure everyone who's listened to this has probably heard that at some point in time, right? Why is that? Did you do something wrong to somebody? Did you, did you steal from them? Did you lie on them? Did you set them up? No. So how do they call you the devil? It's because that they are still stuck in the realm of polarity. They still deal with the concept that either, as like that old song says, the choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with that, right? They're either like, you either with us or you're against us. So if you're not with what I'm with, you are obviously my enemy and the devil. The very word Satan means adversary. That's all it means. Literally, that's what the word means in Hebrew. It's Satan, adversary. 
So just by that alone, you're actually um, manifesting what their their reality or their concept of Satan because you are not involved in the cares of the world. This no longer means anything to you or it doesn't mean things. It doesn't mean as much to you as it used to mean, right? They'll even say it in the church, the things I used to do, I don't do no more. Things I used to say, I don't say no more. But then when you start doing it, are you the devil, right? You you don't want to, you don't want to party like you used to, you don't get high like, like you used to. You don't want to do certain things or entertain certain conversations. Certain conversations will become really beneath you in the sense that it's just not elevating you. It's not fulfilling you. And there's new things that resonate with you. And you want to be able to convey that, but you can't convey it to anyone who's not on that vibration. Right. Because then you're once you open your mouth and say something, then you really be the devil. Right. But it's still polarity. It's still polarity at the end of the day. It's still dealing with the concept of likes and dislikes. You either like one thing or you hate the other. Every YouTube video. Every YouTube video that's presented to you. Gives you gives you the choice of polarity. How do I how do you know? Because on every video, you can hit the like button or the dislike button. You can give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, right? But it's but you would choose it. You will choose which one that you want, or you can choose not to participate in it at all. That is the ultimate. See it as the illusion. I just read where it says that the lower self is the illusion and will pass away. That's why any debate that goes on, right, is only an issue of emotions. And emotions, you know, they fade away. They they wane. enticed to participate in an illusion. This is something you have to realize. Okay. 
the way a person responds, and this call this deals with the aspect of the mind, right? Because thought is the cause of it all. That's one thing that we say in more science. Thought is the cause of all. Okay. That's in our te teachings. So cause of it all, then you also have to deal with the fact that whatever you think manifests in reality. So I'm going to give you the aspect of what I'm talking about just to let you know. So let's deal with the aspect of Lucifer, Satan, devil, dragon, and beast, right? Question is asked in the Morse questionnaire. Give five names that are given to the descendants of Lucifer. No, I'm sorry. Give five names that are given to the descendants of Adam and Eve, right? And the answer is Lucifer, Satan, devil, dragon, and beast, right? Give honors to my grand sheep, Brother Robert Stonell, who broke this lesson down to me. And I'm going to go and, and share this with you all, right? When you deal with that, those, those particular natures, right? One, you're also connecting it to five of the byproducts of the lower self. One is, the question is asked in the Morse questionnaire, what does the lower self breed? The answer is hatred, slander, lewdness, murders, death, right? That's five. And the sixth one is everything that harms. But everything that harms includes hatred, slander, lewdness, murder, theft, and everything that harms, right? Okay. Those are, to a large degree, inversions of your five or opposites of your five highest principles, which is represented by a five-pointed star, upright five-pointed star. As you have an upright five-pointed star, you also have an inverted five-pointed star. Five-pointed star on the flag, what kind of a flag is the Moorish? Is a red flag with a five-pointed green star in the center. What do the five points represent? Love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Now let's go with the first principle, love. What is the opposite of love? Hate. Hatred, right? That's the first thing that it says that the lower self breathes. Hatred. Noble Drali said to love instead of hate. So you're dealing with those two polar opposites, right? Love, hatred. One. Let's go to two, right? Love, truth, right? What's the second thing that the lower self breeds, right? You say the opposite of a truth is a lie. Well, usually, usually slander is founded on a lie, right? 
It's founded in truth and falsehood, right? They may usually, but there's people who will say slander is outright lying. You can either speak truth or you can speak slander. There you have it again. Let's go to the third. Love, truth, peace. So you have peace. Peace is tranquility, right? Peace is harmony, right? What's the third thing that the lower self breathes? Hatred, slander, lewdness. Now, lewdness is usually connected with, associated with sexual perversion, right? Vulgarity, right? To be lewd. But the the etymology of the word lewd actually means unlearned, uneducated, unlettered, or non-clerical, right? Meaning you're of the layman, lewd, law, layman, as opposed to the clergy, right? So it implies that you're not of a um, high moral character, right? So you're prone to act any kind of way. And in doing that, you're disturbing peace, okay? Love, truth, peace, freedom. Opposite of freedom is slavery, of course. But the fourth one out of what the was bred out of the lower self is murders, right? To enslave someone is to is a form of killing, killing their freedom, right? Killing their very life in them. And then, of course, the last one is justice. To be justice, justice is the act of being just, to be fair, right? And to be fair, you don't take from someone. What's the last one as far as on the fifth one for the byproduct of the lower self? Death, right? To be to steal from one is not just. Okay. Then to go further on, Lucifer, Satan, devil, dragon, and beast is actually demonstrated in the Moorish Holy Quran, starting from chapter 40 to verse 44. Okay. So those are the holy instructions from the prophet. The first one is the instability of man. That's Lucifer. Inconstancy, that's Satan. Weakness, the devil. The insufficiency of knowledge, that's dragon. And misery, that's beast. Okay? So... certain qualities, certain natures, right? And they said, well, why would you say those names are descendants? Those descendants come from the root word in that question, or the key word is descendants. To descend means to fall. So what it's describing is how the fall of man, right? And in reality, you want to rise up from that fallen state. You want to rise up from really from human to God, man, right? And when I say man, 
you know, I'm I'm including brothers and sisters, right? In more science. So you man to God, man. So listen, this is how it works. So if we go to the first, this was the chat speak the instability of man. And it will say from the very first um, verse, it will say inconstancy is powerful in the heart of man, intemperance, swayed it whether it will, despair engrosseth much of it, and fear proclaimeth. Behold, vanity is beyond them all. So this verse actually speaks of. Now, why is this important in connection with the term of the Lucifer? Because the story, anyone heard the story about the Lucifer, right? They say that Lucifer was a beautiful angel. That's the story that's given, you know, in most Christian doctrine. He's a beautiful angel, one of the highest angels. He's taught all the angels. He was well-respected and he was so vain. He was, he let his ego get the best of him. He started, right? And as a result, he basically went down and, you know, bucked the system. And as a result, he had to fall. Now, I'm going to read another excerpt of my book, um, What Is the Devil Sometimes Called in Reference to Lucifer, okay? Uh, this is on page 77. I went from 7 to 77. So it says this, question, who is the Lucifer? Answer, Lucifer is the King James Version rendering of the world in Isaiah 14, 12. This word transliterated Hillel or Halal appears only one time in the Hebrew Bible. According to the King James Version, based strong concordance, the word is translated as shining one, light bearer. Lucifer is derived from the Latin Vulgate that translates Halal as Lucifer to mean the morning star, the planet Venus, or as an adjective, light bringing. It submits Halal in Greek as Heosphoros, a name literally meaning bringer of dawn for the morning star. Later on, Christians began to employ the Latin word for light bearer, Lucifer, as a proper name. And it wasn't originally a proper name. As a proper name for the devil, as he was called before his fall, which is not true. The etymology of the old English word Lucifer, Satan, also morning star, is also from Latin Lucifer, morning star, literally light bringing from looks, which means light, and feri means carry. So carry light. As a result, Lucifer what has become a byword for Satan slash the devil in the church and in popular literature. Examples of this are Dante's Inferno and John Milton's. However, the titles of Morning Star and Light Bearer 
were applied to others also, including Jesus Christ in the Bible. You find that in the book of Revelation. The symbol of a moon commonly believed among scholars to possess an equivalent symbol in Canaanite theology. And when you deal with the Canaanite theology, you're taking it back to um, Ashtar, which is Ishtar, which is Esther, right? And we can go on and on. Um, Ashtar and Canaanilonian, Esther, the book of Esther, right? Easter, the holiday Easter, right? Um, Astar. So I'm talking about the Astar command, right? From the Phoenician word. Also, um, that is your Isis, your asset, right? All ties into it. So you're dealing with titles, and this title of light bearer or shining one was not confined, right? Like it says, you'll even find the term about light bearer and morning star applied to Jesus, right? Even in the second chapter of the Moorish Holy Quran, it describes John the Baptist and reveals of the light, light bearers, right? So it's a title. But the concept of it was that this particular, and and actually, when you read the, the whole um, chapter fourteen of of um, Isaiah, you see it's speaking about a particular um, Babylonian ruler, described in a in a proverb. Or in a saying, and it's said, and uh, and then in that saying they use the term Lucifer, right? So he's. It's not really talking. That whole chapter is not really talking about Lucifer, who they the one who they call Lucifer, right? That concept of the devil Lucifer. It's talking about a Babylonian king, and then they give a description of a story or a saying. And they, they quote it. And in the beginning of the quote, um, they say, uh, oh, Lucifer, son of the morning. Right. That's where they get it. Halal, um, Halal, Bar Shakar. That's what they get it from. That whole concept of that. OK. And that was Nebuchadnezzar the second. So. You know, in that text. You know, it, it doesn't offer any suggestion um, other than what it just says. So a lot of the confusion, as you just hearing right now, just in this short period of time, a lot of the confusion and misconception comes from people dealing with in Europeanized Christian concepts that are presented to you in English. Right. The very serpent story. Right. Let's take that. Let's go back there because we touched about it. Your, your logical mind knows that there is no snake on the planet, even if it hiss, 
that can have a conversation with a woman, man, or child in any language known to man cannot happen, does not happen, never did happen, right? What's the difference? Think about this for a minute. Between that story and Little Red Riding Hood. If you can tell me the difference, please put that on the chat, right? What's the difference? Little Red Riding Hood, young lady goes to the grandmother's house, is eaten up by the wolf. The wolf dresses up as the grandmother in the bed and the conversation is had. Oh, grandmother, what big eyes you have. Oh, grandma, what big. And the, and the wolf is responding, having a conversation. You and I know that no wolf, you know what I'm saying? No real wolf, literal wolf will ever do such a thing. Will never dress up as a human being and then have a talking conversation with a young lady. Right. That's a children's story. Now. And we accept that as a children's story, that's something you tell children adults. And say that that is real. Now, why is. Adults really believe that a snake was talking to a woman. Why is that? Is it because of the concept that God can do anything? Or it can be just what just, you know, you suspend your belief or spend, you know, you suspend your, your common sense for that moment. It's like being in a movie. It's like watching a movie, right? When you watch a movie, even though you know, that the movie is not real, you suspend reality for a minute. You you put that aside and you engage yourself, the average person engage themselves in the movie as if it's really happening. So what happens? Um, Rocky becomes real and they have a statue of Rocky. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Star Wars is real. Spider-Man becomes real to you. Superman, all this other stuff. Okay. You actually have a, a actual statue in Philadelphia of a movie character as if that was a real boxer. You're constantly being inundated with actual, um, Just actual um, disconnected irrealities. And until we actually realize that and acknowledge that and stop uh, entertaining that, we'll constantly be caught up in the drama, constantly be caught up in the idea of, you know, this is what it's supposed to be. You know, this person's evil. This person's bad. Now, I want to get into some other aspects of um, different things. 
at this time. Uh, for those for those who are still on the chat, and I, I thank you for being on. Listen patiently. I want to try something um, briefly. See if this works. I want to do a screen share. Hopefully, the screen share will work the way I want it to. I'm always trying something different. Um, so, what I will do is I'm going to first um, address before I share the screen. I want to speak on the subject real quick. So, uh, one of the things that was talked about was Baphomet. Um, about Baphomet, who's Baphomet, where it came from. There's a book that I I definitely um, encourage everyone to get in addition to getting my material as well. Peace, Don, respect. Um, this book is entitled The Sufis by Idris Shah. Okay? Some of you may have heard this book. It was originally published in 1964. Since we're dealing with more science, we're going to deal with the more science. And I'm not presenting this in a way to take a position on one side or the other. I'm just giving you some information that you can go and do. And then on your own, do your own research. Don't just take anything I'm saying word for word. I'm providing references for you to do your own research. And I respect anyone out there who's out there teaching who encourage you to do the same. Okay. It's not about followers with me. You know, it's really about helping you elevate, you know what I'm saying? Just sharing what I know. So what I'm going to do is actually share this screen. Um, I actually saw where uh, I was able to pull up the actual page online. And I believe it's page um, 225 and 226 of the book, The Sufis by Idris Shaw. I'll also post a link in the chat to that um, for you to go look up and look at at um, your own leisure. So give me one moment so I can share this screen. All right. Okay, see if I can do this. I can just all right. So hopefully you can see this. All right, so I will read this. And then at the end, the sharing, I'll post up the link, okay? So it says, when they were suppressed, the Knights Templar were accused of worshiping a head, right? This is important. The Knights Templar were accused of worshiping a head, a head sometimes called the Baphomet or Baphomet, Baphomet spelled B-A-P-H-O-M-E-T or B-A-F-O-M-E-T. This was considered to be an idol and probably connected to Muhammad or Muhammad with a T. 
The head was described, but no head which could possibly be identified as one of these Bafomets could be located. That's interesting. This is describing it as a head. So when you see that image that everybody talks about, right, with the goat and everything of that nature, this is something totally different according to this text. Let me continue. Probably relying upon contemporary Eastern sources, Western scholars have recently supposed that Baphomet has no connection with Muhammad, but could well be a corruption of the Arabic Abu Fihamat, pronounced in more Spanish, something like Bufihamat. The word means father of understanding. Actually, yeah, means father of understanding. In Arabic, father is taken to mean source, seat, chief seat of, and so on, right? So now let me just stop here. Abu Fihamat. The word Abu is father, and Fihamat is understanding, right? Um, comes from the root root word meaning to understand fahim fa he mim okay so in it says on in sufi terminology ras el fahmat head of knowledge means the mentation of man after undergoing refinement the transmuted consciousness let me see if i can scroll down a bit okay i'm going to all right here we go Page 226. It will be noted that the word knowledge, understanding used here is derived from the Arabic FHM. I just root. Remember, I just said that's fa he mim, right? You have fahim or fahim, meaning to understand. FHM in turn is used to stand both for FHM and derivatives, meaning knowledge, and FHM and derivatives standing for Black, Coleman, and so on, right? This is where it gets interesting. The Baphomet is none other than the symbol of the completed man, the Black head, the Negro head, or Turk's head, which appears in heraldry and in English country ends is a crusader substitute word, cant word for this kind of knowledge, right? So let me go back. Here we go. I want to hide this. There we go. All right. It may be noted that the shield of Hughes de Pien, the founder with Bissau de Saint Omer of the Templars in 1118 AD carried three black human heads, the heads of knowledge. Now, those of us who know, know that this is actually dealing with Moore's head, the head of Moore's, right? So, so very, very, very important here 
as we go on with this information. Um, so I'm going to go and take the time to actually stop sharing. Okay. All right. I think we're good right now. So that is information that is real, real key for people to check into. Right. And I'm going to post a link shortly about that um, particular book. It's entitled The Sufis by Idris um, Shaw. Hopefully y'all got it. Okay. So I just posted that up there. And this is the type of information that's not being explained. So it just explained there that it was talking about a head. So where you get the the goat and everything else. Now, there are certain demonstrations that speak about the fact. Now, come keep in mind, this is dealing with the Knights Templar. Um and this is during the time where the Moors were ruling parts of Europe, right? It's no secret that the Knights Templar were getting information from the Moors. There's no secret about that. Now, here's the interesting thing. The symbol that is commonly used for Baphomet didn't exist until the 1800s. It's a, it, Actually, it's 1850 something that was drawn up by a man who they call they call um, Eliphas Levi, right? Well, actually, the whole term was Eliphas Levi Zahid, and Zahid is a Sufi term, right, for an aesthetic. That wasn't his real name. This guy was French. He was a French occultist. And his name was um, Alphonse uh, Louis Constant. So that wasn't even his real name. That was a pseudonym that he used when he started studying the Kabbalah. Right? So the interesting thing about all of this is that when you get into this science and you see where Europeans got information from Moors and then started bastardizing it, right? So there was no real actual image of this Baphomet that really existed. There were a concept of what it was, and then there were certain um, teachings about it and symbols of it where they dealt with the the goat, you know, the... Um, the half animal, half human um, description, right? Which you find in the Bible where it talks about um, the head of a, you know, part man, part eagle, part lion, you know, part um, calf, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
Islam, Islam Sheikh Jackson Bay, um, Islam Sister Kiana Scott Bay, Islam. Just um, when you see these different things and they talk about the Sphinx, right? Which is a combination of all this. Each one of those deals with certain qualities and attributes and principles and natures, right? So Europeans took this on and, and grafted it into something else. And then a lot of us coming across these books ran into it and started running with it, you know, saying as if their presentation was the presentation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and again, this is not an attack on anyone in particular because everyone has their measure of understanding. Everyone has their degree of knowledge and their journey that they go through. But, you know, you'll take a little bit of information and be like, okay, well, this is the new thing. This is the Baphomet thing. And then you have another side saying, oh, the Baphomet is the devil, right? It's, it's neither God or the devil. You're dealing with a certain science, right, that was taken and put in a certain way that people got into and got caught up in. <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. That's why I wanted to present that particular text. You know what I'm saying? Just to give you the the background before people even saw the picture. Because every time you say that word, that's the first picture that pops up in people's mind. People ain't have never even gotten that book that it's originally in. It um Eliphas Levi wrote a book in the in the book, I believe was a French book, and then it was translated. Right? People don't even have that book, but they seen that symbol. It's been redrawn, statues made of it, the whole nine. And they roll with that symbol that came from that man, right? That's what you got to realize. The concept of the image was created by that man, right? That image was created by that man, right? How do you know that's that image, right? We give life to everything that we give attention to. That's my whole point. Don't you notice, realize that every so often there's a movie about the devil and demons and they give you this image of this red creature with horns and a tail and stuff. They're, they're putting back out Hellboy, right? Why do they do that? Why do they, they give you an image of the devil as this red creature with a horn, a pitchfork, uh, a tail, right? The picture on the hot sauce bottle. Why do they do that? It's simple because as long as they give you that image, you'll always be able to be focused outside of you and not address the devil in you, which is your lower self. Okay. And then then that has morphed into another aspect, which I'm going to address right now. A white man is the devil. Is the white man the devil, right? Let's be clear, okay? And, and what I'm saying doesn't negate any wickedness that's ever been done um, historically by any people. But 
to to state with such certainty that the lack of melanin equates to a person being evil doesn't even make sense. It's asinine. This is why, right? To say that, as some have claimed that the quote unquote white man is the physical manifestation of your lower self is absolutely asinine. First off, your lower self is your lower self. (laughs) That's why the statement is made in chapter three, right? It's asked a question, right? About that, Elihu makes that statement about studying yourselves, right? Clearly states that. If you were to ask me, that's verse 14. If you would ask me what to study, I would say yourselves and you well have studied them and then would ask me what to study next. I would reply yourselves. Now, yourselves is plural. It didn't say study yourself. Some more said, you know, study yourself. And he said, no, study yourselves. And it's referring to higher self and lower self because this whole chapter is written in the context of those two cells. How many cells are there? Two. Name them, higher self and lower self. So it's saying that you should study both cells, right? Because it even says later on after that in the 15th verse, it says, he who knows well his lower self knows the illusions of the world knows of the things that pass away and he who knows his higher self knows Allah knows well the things that cannot pass away so and she Jackson Bay says all evil events starts within even do the so-called white man can do that as well so as the so-called black man so everything starts within because it's the thought is the cause of all now, let's address this real quick because I'm, I'm going to show you what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, speaking about in the terms of the, the illusion, right? So I speak on this in my book about the, the lower self being an illusion, okay? Then... I'm going to address that. And then I'm going to address the power of suggestion because the reason why you have to know this, the power of the devil is the power of suggestion. What do I mean by that? The power, even in the book, in the book of Genesis, the only power that the devil had was to suggest something. Outside of that, the well, it wasn't the, it was the whisperer, right? Let me be clear on the actual terminology and not feed into the myth. The whisperer whispered a suggestion, Nakash, right? It was for the choice of the woman to do what she did, and then later the choice of the man to do what he did. So it's suggestion, it's the power of suggestion. So in Page on page 46 of the book, what is the devil sometimes called? 
it says this, the lower self is an illusion because the body of flesh is not permanent. In the realm of divine reality, anything that is not permanent is an illusion. Anything that is an illusion is falsehood, i.e. not reality. Falsehood is classified as naught, which is the opposite of ought. Ought is defined as, quote, some, quote unquote, something. Old English, awit, which means ought, anything, something. Literally, error awit. From the Proto-Germanic awi, meaning ever. From the Proto-Indo-European aw, which means life, vital force, life, long life, eternity. And witty, which means thing, anything, whatever. So, ought is the eternal life force which exists, i.e., true exist ought. Therefore, ought is Allah. This is mentioned in the Holy Quran of the More Science Temple of America, chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. That st- where it states, among the priests of Jagannath was one who loved the Jewish boy. Lamas Brahmas was the name by which the priest was known. One day, as Jesus and Lamas walked alone in Plaza Jagannath, Lamas asked, My Jewish master, what is truth? And Jesus said, Truth is the only thing that changes not. In all the world, there are two things the one is truth, the other is falsehood. And falsehood is that which seems to be. Now, Truth is ought and has no cause, and yet it is the cause of everything. Falsehood is not, and yet it is the manifest of right. Whatever has been made will be unmade. That which must begins must that which begins must end. All things that can be seen by human eyes are manifest of ought, are not, and so must pass away. The things we see are but reflexes just appearing while the ethers vibrate so-and-so. And when conditions change, they disappear. The holy breath is truth, is that which was and is and evermore shall be. It cannot change nor pass away. Lama said, you answered well. Now, what is man? And Jesus said, man is the truth and falsehood strangely mixed. Man is the breath made flesh. So, Truth and falsehood are conjoined in him, and they strive, and naught goes down, and man as truth abides. Again, Lamas asks, what do you say of power? And Jesus said, it is a manifest, is the result of force. It is but naught. It is illusion, nothing more. Force changes not, but power changes as the ether change. Force is the will of Allah and is omnipotent. And power is that will and manifest directed by the breath. There is power in the winds, a power in the waves, a power in the lightning stroke, a power in the human arm, a power in the eye. The ethers cause these powers to be and thought of Elohim, of angel, man and other thinking things direct the force. When it has done its work, the power is no more. Right. So that very passage right right there speaks to the aspect of the difference between reality and illusion, 
right? So when you really think about it, the whole aspect of the concept of the devil is dealing with the concept of getting you caught up in the illusion, right? This is what you know. The, the, the way a person responds to something and the, the intensity in which a person responds to something is based on the amount of energy and the polarity of energy, mental and emotional, that a person invests themselves in, into that thing, whether it's a symbol, a word, a person, anything, right? I'll give you a pers- um, simple case in point, right? The word nigga, right? If you were, most people were to see a pale-skinned European just come up in a conversation and, and just out the clear blue in their conversation start saying nigga, right? And maybe say it a bunch of times. It's going to create a response. It's going to elicit a response. And the type of response amongst Asiacs, amongst melanized, melanated people will determine upon the type of the type of um energy they have invested in that word and what that word means to them and what it means to hear them for them to hear it coming from a pale skinned European, right? Some people will get upset, so upset to the point where they want to do physical harm, right? Some people on the opposite pole of it will say, okay, that's all good. He says their word, you know what I'm saying? I say, he said, everybody should say it. And then you'll have some people who are not moved either way and neither support it nor condemn it because they're not engaged in their, they're not emotionally invested in the word. For some people, it's a, it's a trigger word, right? Because it connects to slavery, you know, Jim Crow, lynching, the whole now we we they give us so many movies every year on slavery. They got the slave play now. They keep getting this, and where they want to program you in that. Don respect says that energy is true. That energy is true. That energy is the energy that you put into something. Like they say in the law, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only change its, you know, its form. I'm paraphrasing its form, its appearance, right? So the energy that it connects with you based on your mental framework, your memories, your knowledge base, right? Um, Your beliefs, your ethics, your code of conduct, all that, all that goes involved in how you respond to anything, right? taking that word nigga, that's going to be, that's a trigger word, right? For many people, right? When the, um, and it won't matter how that person says it. It won't matter what they say they meant by saying it. 
that won't matter. It will matter only to the person what they think about that person themselves feel about hearing that word said, right? Um, was the guy Bill Mara? Um, when he used the term a uh, house nigga, and he said that about himself, that was really controversial. People caught feelings behind that, right? And he used it in the concept where he said, I, uh, oh, no, no, he said, field nigga, I'm a field nigga. Something to that, something to that. I, I, I heard it when one day after the other, but it was a real big thing. They they brought in Ice Cube the whole nine. Like Ice Cube is a the speaker for us as a people, but <laughs> it became a thing to talk about. It became that that meant something to some people to even say words. Yeah, people who say to this day we should ban the N word, right? That word, it's a word, but that word holds the power. You can say if you say the the quote unquote right word to the quote unquote right person at the right time, you can make that person spiral downward. You can put cause them just by their reaction, knowing that that word at a particular time in a particular place will cause them to react in a certain way. Even may not even have to be a time and place. Just you just say it to that person and it will cause them to act out of character get off their square, act out of pocket, and you can almost predict things that will happen to them as a result of their response to a word or a gesture to or the moving of a finger. What do I mean by the moving of a finger? You can put up a peace sign, which is two fingers, and then turn around and then one of the fingers leaving one up, right? A particular one up, and that changes the whole vibration. It's called flipping the bird, putting up the middle finger. You went from a peace sign to a middle finger, and it could be changing from a harmonious energy to a chaotic energy. And when you really deal with the devil and God energy, you're really dealing with harmony, which is God and chaos, which is the devil. If there's anything that is any concrete aspect of God and devil is chaos. That's why when the question is asked, what is the higher self? The answer is that the higher self is the harmony, the mother, I'm sorry, the, the, that the higher self is the mother of virtues and harmonies of life and breathes justice, mercy, love, and right, right? So, harmony deals with vibration, it deals with tone. You know, we were speaking about today, night, about vibrating in a higher tone, changing from human flesh to flesh divine, right? Going from terrestrial to celestial, right? God, man says it depends. It depends on their mental state and condition, right? Words and, and um, gestures and symbols 
will will predict or will change or I should say elicit certain responses based on their mental state and condition and what determines the mental state and condition of a person. That's the question we have to ask. What determines your mental state and condition? What determines your mental state How you will is conditioned. Your mental condition is determined by how your mental is conditioned, right? And let's look at it from this standpoint, okay? All right. Most of the stuff we hear, if you go and review a lot of stuff, let's say when, okay, let's let's deal with, let's deal with the aspect of this particular scandal of of your favorite singer and people <laughs> and people sing this singer's records right or it could be your favorite rapper and they rap their favorite songs right even though their character is suspect while a person's character is still suspect you wouldn't want your children around them you wouldn't want to hang around them right but you will listen to their songs, still hum their songs, dance to their songs, make love to their songs the whole night, right? All this stuff. Even after you accuse the person of doing it. We just, we're seeing this right now. What does that? What, 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 how does a person get in that mental state and condition? Islam, Sister Wilhelmina Bay. Um, what causes that condition? What causes that condition is, is the simple thing of this. Who is in charge of the songs being played on the radio? What is that person called? That person is called the program director. They direct the programming. And they'll even say radio program on TV, right? We are now, uh, we interrupt this program, this regularly scheduled program for this announcement. They're telling you it's a program, right? The computer program, right? Everything is programming. You've been programmed since you was a child, right? You've been programmed since you was a child, not only by, Radio, TV, movies, social media, and media. The term media relates to medium. And the medium is that intercessor that connects you from this plane to the spirit plane, right? And we talked about that energy, right? That spiritual energy that connects you so that the media is the medium that transfers um energy and information to you subconsciously right and i speak about that in in my book as well was the devil sometimes called because i talk about suggestion right 
in the I say that suggestion is a psychological procedure by which one guides the thoughts, feelings, or actions of another, right? And then I go into the aspect of what's called um, subliminal seduction and subliminal stimuli. Now, subliminal we know is subconscious, and stimuli means to stimulate, right? Seduction, seduce. So a subliminal stimuli is the stimuli that you can't pick up consciously, but your subconscious picks it up, right? The tone of words, the the way the words are formulated, right? People who people are taught this all the time, right? In in sales, right? On how to speak what words to say, what word, power words, trigger words. They even have it on the YouTube. It, they'll have a, um, tag words, right? And these tag words and keywords, listen to it, keywords, tag words, power words. They tag you. I'm going to tag you. What's the, the tag? What, a toe tag, body bag? Toe, tag to attach you to something, the matrix system, right? She Jackson beta matrix. So they tag you in with these trigger words, right? Um, anyone's probably seen Manchurian candidate, right? With Denzel, the one with Denzel Washington, know what I'm talking about trigger words, right? But it happens to you all the time, right? All they got to do is look, look at YouTube. What's, February 12, 2019, but in the, um, in the title, R. Kelly, that's all I had to do. It, that was just to get views if I was on that kick. Right. But that's part of the, the, that's part of the game. That's part of it all. And that's the one time I'm saying it, right? And I'm giving the context because I want to be able to to tell to tell you the frame of it and see how last, you know, saying before that it was who was before that person, right? Et cetera, et cetera. All right. There's a whole list of names that become viral. Whole list of ideas, thoughts, that's how they operate. They operate off of analytics, right? Anyone, if you ever do a, um, put up, put up a show or you do a, um, post on YouTube, they'll tell you to edit the analytics. What are analytics to analyze? What are you analyzing numbers? You're analyzing numbers of people, uh, the responses, right? The responses, the shares, everything, everything is trending. They, calculate and monetize whatever 
It is on how people think. And they do it, right? And they capitalize it off of advertisements, adverse enticements, right? What is for? To get you to buy, right? And even the God and devil concept are products. T.D. Jakes himself said that Jesus is the uh, number one product. That's what he said. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should agree, but there is without question that those are being sold as products to you. But you don't people are not buying them with money as much as they are buying, paying for paying for it with money as much as they are paying for it with attention. You pay with your attention, whatever you paying with your attention. That's where they got you. Right. Whatever your attention follows. That's where they got you. Right. That is the power of the devil. If you want to put it in any concept. Now, the the real just to go back um, real quick, I want to touch on that whole um, the white man is the devil statement. The funny thing real quick is. Um, exactly. Exactly, brother. Um, Charles Drew Faulkner ill um, needs a host. It definitely needs to. Um, in terms of latching on and leeching in terms of it. Right. A system. It doesn't. Um, it's only effective. Participation of those who it needs to incorporate in this operation. Get into the concept. Real quick, I'm, I'm jumping, but I'm going to come back um, basically on that topic about the white man is the devil real quick. Now, let, let's be clear. People even outside of the nation of Islam and nation of gods and earth, et cetera, et cetera, um, speak on this term. Right. To show you how effective it is, how effective um, the honorable Elijah Muhammad spoke on it. And you, I got to give credit where credit is due because he knew the psychology of our people. My mother <laughs> has said that the white man is the devil. She has told me this. And my mother is no more a member of the nation of Islam and a, and a black Muslim than is Reverend Al Sharpton and TD Jakes, right? She's a Christian <laughs> been so all her life, but she has actually told me that white people are devils. That lets you know how powerful that that uh, campaign was. And I get it. I understand that. I understand that statement from this perspective. Prophet Noble Jalil taught us back in the 1920s that we as a clean and pure nation do not wish to amalgamate. Right? Or marry into the Pelican nations of Europe, um, and neither follow the gods of their religion. Now, Elijah Muhammad. Now that that's a that's a very that's a very distinct statement. The question now becomes: What is motivating people? How can you get people to really follow through on that? Elijah Muhammad obviously realized that the state of our people was so deeply religious, right? So deeply religious that we identified the ultimate evil, the ultimate enemy as the devil, as told to us 
in church, right? So what other way to get us to start doing for self and stop amalgamating, stop following gods of Europe than to tell our people that the white man is the devil? Because no Asiatic wants to be down with the devil. No so-called Negro wants to roll with the devil. You go to hell, right? Work like a charm. Work so effectively that as a result, we received Malcolm X. One of the, a man named Malcolm Little, who was a pimp hustling all sorts of form of criminal, became Malcolm X. Um, one of the greatest orators and, and leaders and intellectuals of our time, right? That's how powerful that that was, right? So I get that, right, in that context. I get that in that context. However, that has a big, that we are very well aware. <laughs> Series of events has shown that people who are melanated, melanized, melanated people, right, are very capable of evil, doing evil things, very capable. I'm just, I'm not even going to labor on that point, right? But just to make the point of getting back to control, to know the, the power of the devil, you have to know the power of your own mind because it's only with you not being in control of your that you are able to fall victim to your lower self. Now, I'm going to ask, what about the Asiatics that sell out each other for the making? Selling out, right? All that stuff. This is where it comes into play. You're, let, let's, let's look at it from this standpoint, all right? It's spoken about in, and I'm going to say it like this to give you a um, clear, right? It's spoken about in the Moorish Holy Quran that we create our own heaven and hell, right? We are creators and creators, and that heaven is not a place by meets and bounds, right? It has to be clear in that kind all right and it's spoken about in i believe chapter 12 and i'm going there i'm reading it real quick right all right and it says uh verse seven the man replied of heaven we have heard but when it is so far and we must live so many lives before we reach that place so this man is is looking at heaven as a place said, my brother, man, your thoughts are wrong. Your heaven is not far away. It is not a place of mounds. It is not a country to be reached. It never made a heaven for a man. He never made a hell. We others and make our own. Now cease to seek for heaven in the sky. Just open your heart and like a flood of light and bring a boundless joy, then the toil will be no cruel task, right? So, heaven here about states of mind. 
So the concept, right? And the concept of these these particular um, states of mind is such where that they have to be occupied. Now, I'm going to get to the, the questions real quick, uh, real quick. But the concepts of heaven and hell is that heaven is where God is and hell is where the devil is. So, right, if the devil, if you're a level, if you're to be in heaven, then the devil has no place in heaven, conceptually speaking, right? The thought, the very thought of the devil brings you out of hell, out of heaven. To take you out of heaven would be considered a devilish act. So the thought of the devil is the devilish act, meaning that you have your focus redirected focus on something that puts you in hell you get miserable right what do people say we do it right ain't nothing but the devil right not only in the terms of the spook whether they look at um, the devil as a spook whether they look at him as they look at the devil as this monster, right? And again, we replace the devil with other terms, such as coon, sellout, dirty more, right? Um, um, Negro pen, bed wench, all types of, all the stuff that you hear on YouTube. These are all replacement words for devil, the boogeyman, Right? Polar opposites. I went going it all's polarity. Right? It's all polarity. So whatever evil act you do, right? Right? That has come from within. And it's not confined to one group of people. Right? Even if you say Illuminati, right? This group of people that that uh, are considered to be the Illuminati, and there's different Illuminatis. Let's be clear. We, we did a whole show on that. Different Illuminatis, but the Illuminati that everybody like to talk about, the Jay Z and Beyonce are part of whatever, whatever. Right? These group of people can only only even operate within a thought, meaning there had to be a thought of one, there being a group, and then two this group operating off of an idea and then three in accomplishing the right they needed to be able to go back to what i said send out to get the response things are put into motion for the response from the masses right and that can only be done because the masses are not in control of their own mind, right? They are so outwardly as opposed to inwardly, right? Because the go within is to go into the real. 
um, are not the programmers devilish in their attempts to form to distraction and misinform would be considered devilish. Absolutely. Right. However, the, with that said, and that's very true, it doesn't, like I said in the beginning earlier, or I should say earlier, I don't negate or condone or excuse anything that's acting that's done by any group of people, any person or group of people to harm other people. It doesn't act because slander, lootness, murder, theft, and everything are harms, right? And they are representatives of the lower self. That's what our Moorish questionnaire teaches. What people represent the lower self, right? What people represent the higher self? Those are the angels who protect the holy city of Mecca. That's the answer to that question. And the answer after that is what people represent the lower self, those who were cast out of the holy city and those who accept their teaching. So there are people who come to you who are basically represented, meaning they exemplify all of the qualities in the, in the byproducts of the lower self. They exemplify hatred. You know what I'm saying? They're just hateful all the time or almost seem close to all the time. Um, lewd, you know, stealing, et cetera, et cetera. They are engulfed, emerged a lower self. It can be done the opposite way. You can be engulfed and emerged. Right? Now, what causes this Direction between engulfing yourself in the highest, engulfing yourself in the high, um, lower varies, right? It's no one thing per se. However, with that said, it is done and it's still polarity, it's still energy that changes, right? It's still energy that can be directed and redirected. The problem is, is we You'll never know how to do it as long as you think or long as you take the position that someone is directing your energy. As long as you take the position that someone is directing your energy, you will never take the time to direct your own energy. Right. Um, paraphrasing the phrase, if you don't uh, person who stands for nothing will fall for anything. Right. A person who doesn't take control, if you don't control yourself, someone will control you, right? Someone, there is someone to control your destiny if you don't control your own, right? And that's why, you know, I give honors to those leaders who came before us, Marcus Garvey, Noble Drali, uh, even Elijah Muhammad, who spoke of self-determination because they realized the importance of that because in our destiny self-determination right somebody was going another group of people were going to determine it for us if we don't proclaim our nationality right claim reclaim our identity someone will give us an identity and it's a false identity (laughs) it's an identity that deludes the slavery so automatically you're set back you see what i'm saying the titles that delude the slavery off the off the rip because you didn't because you allow someone else to name you. You allow someone else to classify you. 
And because of that, it's like it's like forfeiting by default. And that's the same way the way it is with nationality, the same way it is on the national side, the same way it is on the divine side of the movement. You have to take initiative. You have to be in charge. Right. You have to. That's why the statement is said in chapter three of the Moorish Holy Quran. It clearly is saying. Um, from verse 20. Right. Um, this evil is a myth. These gods are made of air and clothed with the shadow of a thought. Shadow of the thought. All of them. Clothed with a shadow of a thought. That means that if you really ponder on it, that what gives them appearance, what gives them shape and form is a thought. The idea, thought is the cause of it all. So you thinking about it, okay, you giving it, you giving it form, you giving it life. And then it says the only devil from which man must be redeemed is self, the lower self. If man would find his devil, he must look within his name is self if man would find his savior he must look within and when the demon self has been dethroned the savior love will be exalted to the throne of power right so that is the aspect and demonstration clearly dealing with how you deal on the level of that that inner jihad Right, the jihad is not what some people make it. Right, uh, it's not an outer war. The true jihad, the true armag- true jihad is inside. Sufis know that the true Armageddon is inside. Right, that whole you know, seeing the cartoons of the angel on the right shoulder, little demon on the left shoulder, man in the mirror. That's right, Don. Respect. Right, that's that Michael Michael Jackson song. Created it, and then when you speak about the term of the devils and all these different concepts, like if I, I start speaking about the Baphomet, and then be oh, like, and you have an adverse response to that, that still shows me that you still have a fear of this devil concept, right? People are still fearing, and what you're fearing is the unknown. You're fearing that which you considered to be outside of your realm of of uh, normal or outside of your realm as acceptable right right because there's a there's a level of we've been conditioned to say that this is acceptable that's not acceptable right and you don't even know what it is whether it's harmful or not it's just okay. Well, I'm not doing that. That's the devil, right? Anything, anything, and that's European Christianized programming, right? Anything outside of that is the devil. Oh, you, oh, um, 
You Muslim? You no, that's the devil. I ain't with all that. Oh, you meditating? <laughs> Yo, that, I ain't with all that. That's the devil. You don't eat pork? That's the devil. All this stuff, anything outside of what you're used to, right? Start reacting in an adverse way because you have the fear-based emotions and the love-based emotions. Fear-based emotions are connected with your lower self. Love-based emotions are connected with your higher self, right? And they say you should, there's nothing to fear but fear itself, right? Because the, the fear is the boogeyman, which is the illusion, right? The If they tell you about the boogeyman or you see a... Then you, you look in the shadow, the shadow of a thought, look in the shadow and you may see a coat on a hanger, right? And a hat on a, on a hanger. It may actually look like the boogeyman that you saw. It may look like Freddy Krueger. And then the thought came up and then you're scared of it, but it's not real. See what I'm saying? It's just the thought is planted in the minds of the people too. And you give it life. You give it life. People watched Black Panther and they became King T'Challa, right? They became, they, they talked about Wakanda as if it was a real place because then in their mind, it became real to them. The possibilities, the imagination, image, right? And that goes back to the very statement in the book of Genesis about man being made in the image and likeness of God, right? So when you look in the mirror, whose image do you see? The man in the mirror, whose image do you see, right? The question is asked, is the devil made in the image and likeness of Allah? No, he is a shadow of our lower selves and will pass away. So the shadow of our lower selves, right? The lowest self is the carnal self, right? Everything I just read earlier with where I spoke about, everything seen with the human eyes is an illusion. Everything seen with the human eyes is an illusion. And by illusion, it means it's, it's finite. It has a beginning and an end. So to see the image, right? Because the question now is that it said the Holy One cannot be seen with mortal eyes. But you you see the image of Allah when you see man. So the image, the imagery has the imagination has to be the manifestation of that essence, that light that can't even be described in words or it's hard to describe in words when you see someone. Right. You ever see someone. And you have this uh, emotional response where you're happy to see him. like Or like looking at a baby. You look in the eyes of a baby. And that emotional response, you're seeing the image. Though you're just seeing technically a little... Think about this for a moment. Watch this. If you see a newborn baby, you can hold a newborn baby in your arms. Right. Very, very small in terms of the space that it occupies. 
right? That baby grows. That baby grows physically. Now, the baby grows physically means it occupies more physical space. Okay? At some point in time, it stops growing. During the development stages, it's learning. You see it's developing character, all these different things. That's not physical. Right? That's beyond space and time. And then it will stop growing. But that person, you'll see they're going, they're learning more. They're expanding their perspective. And you're just like, man, you really grown. You really grown. They're not getting bigger. Right? That's inner. It, it's not, it's beyond space and time. But they were just a small child. But that spirit was always there. How big is that spirit? How much, how much space does that spirit occupy? Did it only occupy that little small body that came out of the womb of his mother? And then it started, the spirit started growing, occupying space as time? Or was that spirit part of the great spirit and always connected and beyond space and time? Just just think about it like that, because that's what you're talking about when you're talking about the image, looking into the image. You're not looking at it's beyond the physical. It's beyond the physical. You're looking at light. You're looking at the essence of eminence of that which is. Is beyond the physical that the. It's art. Right. It, like I said, it's even hard to describe in words. So that essence that you try to get back to that you want to get back to, because it says in the in the front page of. Oh, I should say the cover of the Moorish Holy Quran, it says the Holy Quran of the Moorish Science Temple of America, divinely prepared by the noble prophet Drew Ali. By the guiding of his father, God, Allah, the great God of the universe to redeem man from his sinful and fallen stage of humanity back to the highest plane of life with his father, God, Allah. So highest plane of life, right? So there's a plane of life that exists that you're trying to get back to a vibration an energy that you're trying to get back to. And what keeps you distracted from there, right? What they say ain't nothing but the devil. But <laughs> what is that devil, right? What actually is that devil? Is it a spook? Is no? It's not a spook. It's not the spook. It's beyond the spook. It's it's all within. And to to know what that devil is, um, Sister Akima spoke on it. It's the distraction. How to identify it? It's the distraction. It's the illusion. The illusion is a distraction, right? They use them, use the term mirage. So anything that takes you, distracts you from your true course of being one with Allah is that devil, right? The word Satan means adversary. The word devil means slanderer, okay? to hurl slander, 
That's what that means. Lucifer is light bearer, right? Baphomet comes from Abu Fihamat, father understanding, which is all these different terms. They have origins that connected, right? The goat, right? The goat Azazel, fallen angel, which really just describes the fall of man from the plane from the spirit plane to the plane of manifest. Okay. Still talking about you. Even when you deal with we talk about the polarity. We talk about the polarity. We're talking about the aspects of what they call the God, the devil, right? You saw it um I, I referenced it before. I'll reference it again in the black a lot of your biblical texts, right, and your biblical stories, all they did was rehash them and put them in the comic books and movies, et cetera. That whole, what you call it, um, rivalry that's described in the Black Panther movie is Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, Jacob and Esau, brothers rivaling, right? fight for the throne, fight for the birthright. That's the Jacob and Esau story, right? I have the right to be king. All that, okay? That's your Osiris and Set or your Asa and Satuk story, right? And then you have the aspect of the polarity, right? Well, you'll see um, where they make um Haru, right? Supposed to be the son, right? Horus Haru. And then they'll have what you call it? The um the 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 jackal head of Satuk, right? That's polarity. Some images on hieroglyphs you'll see both heads on one body, right? It's addressing the polarity within you, the higher self and the lower self within you, right? That both exist, right? And you're dealing with vibration. That's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with vibration, right? You're not, you're not dealing with anything outside of that. And Sheik Jackson Bray said, uh, um, the etymology is an important factor in the understanding the different um in the understanding different meanings of words as you are explaining. Yeah, etymology is important. You have to get to the root word. The one of the greatest ways of creating the misunderstanding, misconceptions, is the translations and the mistranslations of a lot of these words into English. Like I said, the uh, when you get that, just that Genesis story, right, where they talk about the serpent and the word for serpent ain't even in there. It's whisperer, it's Nakash. So why would the word serpent be in there, implanted in that story? Because obviously they wanted, whoever put that word in there, wanted to give you a, have you formulate a perception of the serpent 
and put in in terms of symbology, right? In terms of symbology. So what do I mean by that? The, the serpent is a symbol that was used in ancient Kemet, right? Um, used in India, and it has a certain it has a certain meaning in those particular disciplines in those areas, right? Someone introduced the serpent in that context to give you a, a different perspective of the serpent, right? The snake. That's because the word serpent ain't even in it, in that, in that text, in the original language. So why would someone do that? They want you to think about it in a certain way, period, point blank, period. So now when they can add a story behind that, attach a meaning to that. And then now if you try to address it in a different light, a person's point of reference is the Genesis story is that garden of Eden story. Oh, sorry. No, you serpent. Oh no. You ain't. Oh, that's the devil. Oh, serpent deceived Adam and Eve. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, that's their point of reference. Because the serpent, they ate the apple. The word apple ain't even in the in that story. Now, where did they get the apple from? The word apple is not even in the Genesis story. Where did they get the word apple? Where where did they get the concept of apple? The word is they say fruit is not apple, which could have been a number of different fruits. Where did apple come from? Someone is planting images and and mental mental concepts in your mind to have you stuck on that um, construct, that, that, that thought form that allows for them to guide you into thinking other ways. That's, it's real. It's definitely real. And that's why I go, that's why I encourage anyone. If you have a Bible, right. And I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those people who say, don't read the Bible, read the Bible. If you have a Bible, you should have a strong concordance and you should look, read the, um, the Hebrew lexicon and the Greek lexicon, but particularly the Hebrew lexicon, particularly the Hebrew lexicon, because you'll break a lot of spells <laughs> that are put on our people with that. Just that alone, you'll, you'll, you'll dispel a lot of myths just by that, you know what I'm saying? And other things too, but I, I always encourage that. So that's, that's been a very good um, study tool for mine that I use with the other books that I read, you know, particularly when you, when you're talking to those who are familiar with the Bible, you know, because, you know, that's what they are raised on and that's respect, understandably so. So you have to, you got to understand, like, look, let's acknowledge first that you're reading a translation. Let's acknowledge that first. Nothing wrong with that. You're reading a translation. Now the question is, is that translation correct? Is it correct? Right. And if it's not correct, you know, what parts of it are true and what parts of it are false. Right. 
That don't mean you got to bash it. I'm not one of the people who feel I got to bash the Bible. I got to bash, you know, that's why I uh, love the teachings of Noble Dry Lee, because in our additional laws, it says that we are, you know, all members while up making a public speech must not use any assertion against the American flag or speak radical against the church or any member of any organized group because we are to teach love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, right? So that is basically um, understanding um, that we don't have to speak with hatred. We have to speak bad. We ain't got to bash nobody. We ain't got to debate. I ain't got to call out names because really I don't, my, it's not having an issue with anybody personally. It's just bringing a clearer perspective on something. And, I, and I'm and i speaking on the perspective of more science. Somebody may speak on a different perspective, and I, and I can respect that, right? But I'm addressing this concept from the perspective of more science. Now, if another person wants to bring their measure of understanding from their perspective and their teaching and their knowledge base, that's fine. And we can dialogue on it if if need be. But at the very least, you'll know when you come across a person who calls himself a Moorish American Muslim or you step into a Moorish Science Temple of America or Moorish Holy Temple of Science, that This is ancient knowledge. And Noah Drali um, was bringing something, he brought something that revolutionized, revolutionized a lot of things and started, created a paradigm that is not going anywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The way we, the way a more thinks, with this more science, it's powerful. Powerful. You really think about it. So I want to say, you know, definitely in conclusion, um, I want to give gratitude to each and every one of you on this show, uh, on the chat. You know, again, let me go down the line. Um, Islam and peace. Uh, Sister Jean Hills Bay, Sister Lakima Ada Bay, Brother Charles Drew Faulkner Ill, Sister Lenora Ill, Sister Irina White Bay, Sister Ines Ill, Smile the Half, Sister Jasmina Bay, um, Brother Born E.L. Allah, peace, peace to God, um, peace. Don Respect, Sheik Jackson Bay, Sister Kiana Scott Bay, and of course, um, Sheik is Wilhelmina Bay. Um, peace, gratitude to each and every one of you. Um, once again, um, definitely, definitely um, enjoyed 
being able to dialogue with y'all on his day, on this Saturday, uh, January 12th, 2019, so they say. And um, we definitely just going to end it off again. We will do this again, and I will do my best to uh, bring you the information um, to the best of my ability, you know, for the growth. And again, I'm just bringing my measure of understanding and definitely I welcome your measure of understanding as well. So once again, gratitude. And I'm going to end this off by saying peace, peace and love.